0: december 10th 2020 i'm really skeptical about the political landscape now i was the political skeptic before now i'm just i don't know a couple things uh that have been transpiring over the course of the last couple days specifically here in the commonwealth of virginia apparently tomorrow emperor northam down there in uh go richmond has decided he's going to give an update on the coronavirus and set new standards for mitigation of the virus as it pertains to the commonwealth although it's assured by a spokesperson from Emperor Northam's office that, uh, that there's no lockdown coming, that there's not going to be any quarantine again, et cetera, and so forth. And, and lockdowns, you know, it's interesting because they didn't work the first time. Okay, they didn't. Think about the way that this virus has presented itself. And, yes, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm to gonna slam a couple of politicians and maybe toot the horns of a couple that, you know, got you know, blamed wrongly about this. The economy is in the crapper right now simply because individual states locked down and shut down small business. Lockdown is what it was. It was not quarantine. Quarantine is for the sick. It's always been that way. Quarantine is for the sick. Lockdowns are, you know, lockdowns, and and, and they should only be utilized in cases of, you know, Illegal uprisings. And I, and I say illegal uprisings because I'm going to touch on something else here a little bit later in this hour. Um, illegal uprisings like what went on in Seattle, Portland, you know, several other places. And they're tricky. They're tricky to pull off for any governor, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. But people blamed Donald Trump and, and, and vehemently blamed him. In fact, one a friend of mine who's a very intelligent man. Uh, who I actually hope to have on this podcast uh, uh, in the next few months whenever it's deemed appropriate you know, for his personal well-being that we do that Donald Trump was not in charge of the lockdowns, Donald Trump was not in charge of the virus, Donald Trump was not in charge of destroying the economy if you look back, and I said this once before at the way this virus has developed and the fence jumping that so many medical professionals have done on it how the symptoms presented at first where you were short of breath and and you were fatigued, you know, they said nothing at the beginning about loss of smell or taste. And if it's a new symptom and the old symptoms went away as per a release from the WHO, earlier today is when I saw it, then the virus has actually mutated. Because anytime you are doing a scientific research, anytime you're doing scientific research on you know, things like this, you, you look at new symptoms and you wonder why it is affecting that now months after the initial quote-unquote outbreak, and it wasn't presenting itself then. The initial part of it was, you know, you were out of breath. You were fatigued. Um, they did go as far to say that there was, you know, you know diarrhea and, and, and physical repercussions for contracting this virus. Now they're saying that it's that it's rare. They're saying the shortness of breath is not common, that it's common in pneumonia. Now, the dry cough is about the only correlation and the only symptom that seems to have stuck since the outset of the outbreaks of this virus uh, and, and, and what we have now. Because now they recognize that we are in the middle of flu season. When this whole thing kicked off, we were at the end of flu season. It's a virus. Locking down the entire country and destroying the economy was the, was the business of both Republican and Democrat uh, governors because they're the only ones with the authority to do it. Donald Trump didn't have the authority. Donald Trump, in fact, wanted to keep the country open. He just wanted to, down, wanted to shut down travel back in January from China to the United States, which was the origin of this virus. He was told by several Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, Cuomo in New York, Bill de Blasio. Bill de Blasio, who, if you look him up, has one of the most checkered histories in joining forces with agencies that are anti-American, going overseas, renouncing citizenship, things like that, then reapplying, coming back in and becoming the governor of New York, fence-jumping on his political ideologies just to get elected, the same way uh, Bloomberg did. They call him a racist. Shutting down travel from China is a racist move. So, shutting down travel from a foreign country, locking that down, is racist. But locking down American states, these individual governors that did this Gavin Newsom out in California, Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan, who's probably the biggest nitwit out of all of them, but not <laughs> close second as Gavin Newsom, to be honest with you. And he may even take the cake. Who knows? They're, they're neck and neck in the tight, they're in a tighter race for first place than the NFC East in football. They're idiots. they're the ones that locked it down. They are the ones who closed businesses and they didn't close big box stores. It was not an entire lockdown because here's the thing with lockdowns and this is kind of the, the dark side or, or you know horrible reality that is a lockdown to eliminate a virus such as this, if it's even you know possible to eliminate a virus like this without a vaccine. If you go into a lockdown because you don't want people leaving their house, it is imperative that you shelter in place, which means healthcare workers, you report to your place of business, and you lock the joint down. No new patients going in, no cured patients going out. It sucks. People are going to die. That is, in the theory of evolution, kind of the dark side to it. Death is essential for species to survive. You cannot be overrun with human beings on this planet. There are too many liberals out there and too many damn and yes, this this is a large, large, huge talking point for liberals, which drives me absolutely insane. Human beings are destroying this planet. But now they switched from that to wear a mask so you don't kill your neighbor. I mean, they basically, at one point, when the whales, you know, whales are endangered and this is endangered and the beaches look like crap, they basically call for the eradication of the human race, you know. We are the disease on, we're the virus on this planet. But now they have totally flip-flopped that to, oh my God, wear your mask so that everybody can live forever. Lockdowns are not going to get rid of the virus. The vaccine that they rushed to manufacture is not going to eradicate this virus. Polio has been all but eradicated. But if anybody remembers correctly, and I guarantee you weren't because you weren't alive when it happened, but when they first developed the polio vaccine, upwards of like 200,000 kids developed polio as a result of taking the vaccine. Vaccines take years to develop, and you can throw at me all you want to about, well, scientific research and and pinpointing this particular protein and how it attacks this and how it attacks that. How can you say that you have effectively developed something to attack a specific virus that, A, has a 99% survival rate, but B, we know little to nothing about considering We don't know how exactly it's transmitted. We don't know exactly what the symptoms are because it's an ever-revolving door. Or is it a ploy just to scare the shit out of you? I mean, let's be honest about this. Shortness of breath is no longer a symptom. Was it ever a symptom? Or was that just something that they made up so that everybody who was short of breath would leave the house and go to the hospital in a panic and get tested? And if it's transmitted through saliva, small droplets of saliva when you sneeze, when you cough, you know, when you touch your face, you know, mucous membranes. But specifically, why we're wearing the masks: saliva and snot from your nose, or you know, the different breath droplets that do come out of your nose. That's how it's transmitted. And if it's transmitted through saliva, especially the droplets, keep in mind that this virus is so microscopic that it will pass through a permeable surface. So cloth masks aren't going to do anything. It's, it's, that has been scientifically proven in fact at first it was Fauci and all the rest of them said don't wear a mask and now they're saying oh if you don't wear a mask well then you're anti-american you're this and you're that it's been one big media campaign after another and now we've got people calling for lockdowns I've seen people sit there and say oh well hell we're already broke you want to add death to it too lock us down that, that is ridiculous everybody is an essential worker You know, we see how society now has just applauded and elevated all the healthcare workers. And I'm going to tell you, if you are a nurse or a physician or an orderly or a receptionist or whatever that works in an ICU or an ER, my hat is off to you. My hat is off to you. Because, yes, you are going to get sick patients. You are. But I'm going to stand by a statement that I made previously uh, before I even started uh, doing this podcast. I made a statement on social media that said, you know, healthcare workers, nurses and doctors, specifically, signed up to do that job and consistently expose themselves to bacteria that's not good for you, you know, viral infection that's not good for you, hepatitis, HIV. You are consistently exposing yourself to that. It wasn't until the coronavirus that you started thumping your chest. And the interesting part about it is I have yet to see a single healthcare worker who works in an ICU, in, in, an ER, an infectious disease clinic, what have you, thump their chest about being frontline workers. It's always the candy stripers or the cafeteria workers or the people that work at private practices that actually did shut down during the lockdown that we experienced from March to right around May in the Commonwealth, at least that's when phase one started kicking open. It's always the ones who are nowhere near it. I actually was challenged by somebody on the internet the other day in a social media post. They said to me, and I quote, how many bodies have you bagged? I could give you my count if you'd like, referring to the coronavirus. So I decided to play along, and I said straight up in my comment, Okay, I'll play. How many bodies have you bagged? And their response to me was, how dare you? I was working in New Jersey at the outset of this virus. Mind you, this person lives in like Waldorf or or somewhere in Maryland, Laurel, something, not Waldorf, but Laurel, somewhere over there close to D.C. now. But they were in Jersey back in March. They've been a nurse for six years. So either they're a traveling nurse or they just, I don't know, what, got fired, got hired on somewhere else or... You know, who knows why, but they're claiming that they were in Jersey. Now it very clearly states through their social media posts and public information that they're in Maryland. And it says that they've actually been in Maryland since before the COVID thing. So maybe they should get their lies straight. It's people reaching for attention. I saw the cover of People magazine is that the people of the year are the healthcare care workers. Well, what about teachers? What about firemen who still had to respond to put out fires at home because you know, accidents happen, or you know, EMTs. You, they don't count all of those. Maybe EMTs, but they don't count firemen. They don't count, you know, policemen. They don't count the United States military, as, you know, these heroes. And when it comes to the United States military, and I do know something about this, having served in the military, um, stop with all that virtue signaling horse shit and this thank me for my service crap. There's even Grunt Style, which is an apparel line that I absolutely love, and I'm actually wearing one of their shirts right now as an undershirt. Um, it says I'm a veteran, you're welcome for my service I mean, I get that it's supposed to be sarcastic but in today's world most of these kids that are joining the military are actually joining it for an ulterior motive not due to any kind of patriotism or any kind of need to fulfill a higher calling they're just not doing it they're doing it so they get discounts I've actually seen young soldiers come in. you guys offer military discount and they throw their military ID down their common access card as if that's some kind of you know, end-all, be-all discount card that, that that is owed to them. Let me tell you something. You get paid. Most of you guys have never seen a deployment and probably never will. You get chow hall food or you get paid separate rations. You get to live in the barracks or you get paid a housing allowance. Your uniforms are paid for once a year in the terms of a clothing allowance and every time the army, the Army specifically seems to change uniforms, you get a brand new free one or you get a stipend to buy your new one because they're requiring you to be in it. And most of you, you know, you go in a restaurant, oh, I don't get a military discount. And you've been in the army for six months. Healthcare workers, you know, great. I'm glad you chose a profession and a career that helps people. Stop thumping your chest. Because the fact is, is you willingly and knowingly expose yourself to this. School teachers didn't. School teachers want to educate your children. I'm gonna tell you, you couldn't have been a healthcare worker without being educated by a teacher. Teaching hospitals. They have physicians and nurses who also are teachers. But they're still teachers. Teachers did not sign up. Normal run-of-the-mill teachers, elementary school, middle school, high school teachers, college professors. They did not sign up to expose themselves to a virus so deadly it's got a 99% survival rate. They didn't sign up to be thrown into the world of, okay, now we got to teach online, with zero support from their administrations and zero support from their governmental agents in the forms of school boards and superintendents. They didn't sign up for that. Healthcare workers, no offense, man, but you guys signed up, straight up, to work in a dangerous environment, just like cops and soldiers. Stop thumping your chests. Go to work. Do your job. Get paid. And understand that you are appreciated. It's like taking a video of yourself going out and feeding the homeless. That's what you guys sound like right now. Oh, look at me. I'm on the front line. Oh, pat me on the back. Oh, look at me. I made this homeless guy some food. Imagine at the lowest point of your life, somebody comes up and brings you a meal and then films it. You're the person filming feeding them takes all the attention with the people who are actually sick. And while we're on that subject, why is it that there was such a false reporting of numbers? And yes, I did see the actual reports coming out before anybody decides they want to reply and, and, and lash out at me. The nature of what I did, you know, you can find it too. It's not that hard. Misreporting of the numbers coming out of several states. And why were hospitals doing that? I actually heard from a healthcare worker, friend of mine, Well, of course, they're going to do that sort of thing because putting people on a ventilator, well, my gosh, a ventilator, you know how much that costs to, to, to keep somebody on that? Yes, as a matter of fact, I do. But that does not excuse hospitals for falsely reporting active COVID numbers within their units. And if the shortness of breath and the respiratory infection portion of this is no longer a symptom, then what are we even talking about with respirators? Why is that such a big deal? And with the death numbers, why is it that coroners, healthcare workers, if you were killed in a car accident but your body tested for COVID, it was actually listed as a secondary cause of death at best on your death certificate? which was then reported to the CDC which then generated funds for the hospitals. Don't come at me with a bunch of you don't know what it's like. I do. And I don't feel that it's necessary for me to actually justify to anybody how I know how it affects healthcare workers or how I know that, you know, holding somebody's hand until, you know, the point where they die affects somebody because I do know that personally as well. Healthcare workers are essential. But guess what? So is every other business out there, and I'll give it to you this way. Big box stores, Walmart, Costco, Lowe's, Home Depot, Tractor Supply, major grocery store chains like Giant Eagle, H-E-B, Kroger. They didn't have to close. But you can bet your bottom dollar that local grocery stores were forced to close. Local coffee shops were forced to close when these big-box Starbucks places were remaining wide open. Yeah, a lot of those are drive through, and I get that it's easier to control the flow of foot traffic that comes in and out of those places, but you cannot tell me that they can actually stand. Costco handled it the best. They had somebody standing at the door with a little counter that told them how many people were allowed in at a time, and there was lines wrapped around the Costco. People weren't social distancing at six feet. The masks were required to go into the building, and the same people that were trying to get into the building had their masks pulled down at their face when they were outside. These are the same people that will chastise you and jump your tail in public saying you don't care about anybody else, all the while buying up every ounce of toilet paper that they had when a butt rash is not a symptom. Everybody's essential. What's more essential are the people who work for small businesses and the people that own them. That's more essential than a big-box store. Big-box stores make billions of dollars in profits. Walmart, the largest employer in this country, and pays their employees shit for wages so they can turn a bigger profit. The Walton family is not some end-all, be-all hero. They're not an essential business either. People say, oh, "Well, yeah, they are because they got a grocery store. Okay, then why didn't they shut down in-person shopping for the non-essential services that they do provide in their super centers. Why were the the clothing portions in in certain regions of this country, the Walmart regular run-of-the-mill clothing stores with no grocery store in it, still open when they had the neighborhood Walmart market just down the street that was also open? Which is essential, which isn't? These jobs, especially at small businesses and such, are essential for people to be able to keep their homes. And the government has done nothing in the way of actually relieving anything because keep keep in mind, $1,200 stimulus check to stimulate the economy, no. That was to get you to stay home so you could pay your rent as if you were making 15 bucks an hour times 40 hours a week for two weeks to flatten the curve. That's exactly what every single politician told us. And those two weeks turned into three, four, and five months. And they're talking about doing it again, but with no relief whatsoever. So this time, you're on your own. You're on your own. Nancy Pelosi and and the liberals in uh, in Congress turned down a, a stimulus package because it didn't have the language in it they wanted, and opted for a stimulus package that offered less less money to the American people because it had the language that they wanted. The only language that should be in these stimulus packages, and I'm going to tell you right now, Donald Trump withholding that crap right before the whole Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, nomination thing was also just as criminal in my mind. He wanted to not sign off on something because, after all, it didn't have certain language in it to protect certain you know amount of his buddies, and the Democrats did the same thing. They're all corporate war mongers and fear mongers and, and every other kind of monger that you could think of, regardless of the political affiliation. This time they're talking about a lockdown, you're not essential, nobody's essential, but they're not going to give you any relief for it. So you can lose your home to these banks who honestly don't even have to show up to work because they know that you are... They absolutely, The public absolutely needs a bank, right? Got to have a bank. Got to have a place to keep your money. Banks are essential. But uh, certain clinics are not, especially if they're local ones. Local grocery stores are not essential. Big box stores are. Local... Pet shops and feed stores for farms, not essential, but tractor supply is. Dollar Tree, for some reason, is essential. But your local, you know, what we used to call five and dime stores, they're not essential. It's ridiculous. If you, if everybody is an essential worker, and every business is an essential business, and I don't care if we're talking about, you know, the greeter at Walmart or Costco, or if we're talking about the, you know, waitress at the Ruby Tuesdays, or you know, the server at, you know, Court Street Tavern. Those jobs are all essential, and even if you're doing to-go orders only, these local business owners are hit harder because guess what? That Paycheck Protection Program that they had, the Triple P pr- uh, program, Tom Brady's TB12 got a millions of dollars in influx, or 900000 The man went out and bought a yacht with it. Just signed a two-year contract for $50 million with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the offseason. He got $900,000 for his TB12 paycheck protection. The man has made millions of dollars in endorsement deals and contracts over the years, but he had to get paycheck protection when I know for a fact that local businesses, like a friend of mine's local business, who filed for that at his... Uh, Fitness center in Texas couldn't get it because fitness centers had to close. Fitness centers that literally could help curb another leading cause of death in this country in things like heart disease and diabetes. Fitness centers aren't essential. Well, not local ones anyway, but you bet your sweet ass that Planet Fitness didn't lose any sleep or money over this. Planet Fitness, which is the taco Tuesday, donut Wednesday, pizza party Friday place, you go in and they give you all this unhealthy shit and then say, oh, go get on our machines. It's actually one of the greatest marketing ideas that there ever was for a gym. But what people don't realize is that you're going to get what you pay for. There's actually Planet Fitness out there that tells you that you can join for a dollar and at $10 a month, you can be a member of their, their fitness thing, but you only need to put 25 cents down, 25 cents down On a dollar membership beginning. Let that one sink in. You get what you pay for. No personal attention there. And it's a no-lunk zone. So if you're struggling with a certain weight because you're trying to better yourself and you happen to grunt, they kick you out. That's an essential business. But a local fitness center that gives one-on-one attention... That teaches people not just how to lift weights and how to do cardio and all that. They teach you better nutritional habits. They teach you better life habits. These are personal life and health coaches. And it can also help when you exercise certain endorphins and and, and serotonin, stuff like that's released in your brain, and it actually makes you feel better. makes you feel better about yourself. But we don't need that. We don't need that. We just want big box, big box, big box, big box. And that's that's all the essential workers out there. I know we have a big Procter & Gamble plant near here. That's an essential business because people still need to do things like, I don't know, wash their ass. And since they produce things like Old Spice and Dawn dish soap and all that, we got to wash things because hygiene is one of the best ways you can prevent this virus. Where are you going to get it? Well, (laughs) unless you work at P&G, you got to get it at Walmart because after all, there's not a single local store that's going to sell anything made by Procter & Gamble despite the fact it's probably the largest manufacturer of those types of products in this country. So they stayed open. And I get that. And they took proper precautions. Amazon, they stayed open and their business flourished because of the CARES Act. People were getting an extra $600 a week on top of their regular unemployment. And they were spending it just as fast as they got it. Because they weren't expecting to get that extra $600 a week. And while I do understand that some service industry people, you know, were making less with the CARES Act, they were still spending it in Amazon, but then complaining about struggling. Businesses are going under. People are losing their life savings. The government is literally forcing people to lose their life savings. Several friends of mine who own businesses across the country but do not own the buildings in which they operate their businesses have lost their business. They put everything into it, and they lost it. Theirs was not essential as deemed by whatever governor of of the state that they live in. That's wrong, And I have a friend of mine who lives in another state who has owned a business for a very long time and he made a statement to me. He says, you know, you never open a business unless you have a contingency plan for something like this. I don't think anybody who opened a business three, four years ago could ever fathom that our government and our people who are pretty much just idiotic and don't research things themselves were panicked into doing what had transpired since last March they were panicked into doing it they were panicked they were pressured they were bullied they were made to feel that their individual liberty was selfish which you know yeah it is but they also made made it out to be that their individual liberty was greedy the unfortunate part about that is their business is one of the most essential businesses because those local businesses are the ones who put money back into the community They also put a lot more back into the community by way of volunteer work, donations, local sports team sponsorships for kids. Sometimes they sponsor kids who can't afford to get the equipment to actually do things like play local sports and get outside and exercise so they're not stuck in front of a video game all day, and now those kids are going to lose that. Walmart's not doing that. I have not seen a single little league team of any type in any town ever sponsored by Walmart. Never seen one sponsored by Costco or Home Depot or Lowe's, Tractor Supply. I have seen them by Ace Hardware, which are all locally, individually owned and operated, just like Best Western Hotels. They had to shut down. They're about the medium between big box and and, and privately owned. What is an essential worker? I'm going to tell you, everybody is an essential worker your job, your family, your livelihood, your home depends upon you being able to go to work and earn your paycheck. The unfortunate part about it is is when they locked everything down and they started paying people an extra 600 a week, those who were actually making more on unemployment decided they weren't going to come back and commit unemployment fraud. I know one personally. Am I going to turn her in? Absolutely not, because guess what? Not my clowns, not my circus. What they did does not directly impact my life positively or negatively in any way. But I still think it's, it's a, a despicable thing to do. But these people didn't want to come back to work. In fact, the exact quote from several of them was, well, I can't come back full-time or I'm going to lose my unemployment. And if I lose my unemployment, then I can't do these different things that I planned on doing, like going on vacation once my unemployment runs out. That's not what it was for. It was literally put in place so that you could pay your bills for two weeks. And since everybody's got this big push about a living wage and $15 an hour kind of being the, the jumping-off point of that, if you think about it, $1,200. Do the math. It's $15 an hour times 40 hours a week times two. That's what it was. Flatten the curve. Two weeks to flatten the curve. Now we've got, you know... Joe Biden about to take uh, oath of office here in mid-January. Let let me just touch on this real quick, okay? First and foremost, Joe Biden has no lockdown power over the individual states. He has no power. He cannot, you know, invoke uh, martial law because we are not in a time of conflict. The Sedition Act does not apply. So people need to educate themselves about that and actually read the law. The president cannot invoke that type of power at this time. We are not in a declared war with another country. We have not been invaded by a foreign force, nor are we, and the Sedition Act is very, very specific, in the cases of, like, the Civil War, since the Confederacy was never actually recognized by anyone worldwide as its own nation. It was all still technically the United States of America, and it was a rebellion, and it was sedition by a group of states. That's where the Sedition Act comes from. And unless that happens again, the president has zero authority to enact martial law. On the other hand, the states have the authority. The individual states absolutely have the authority. The individual governors can give executive orders, like many of them have done, to lock things down. My only problem with the lockdown the first time, okay, I understand that a lot of these governors were trying to actually do what they felt best to mitigate uh, the virus within their own individual states and commonwealths. What I don't agree with is utilizing that as an end run around the United States Constitution to strip away constitutionally guaranteed and God-given rights which is exactly what happened in the event of Ralph Northam and his cronies down in Richmond. And shame on you for that, sir. Although I know you ain't never going to listen to this, neither are any of your idiots. I'd have to use some kind of keywords, which I may get to here in just a minute. But Joe Biden does not have that power. And while we're at it, while, we're, while I'm on the Joe Biden subject, just real quick, he's the president of the United States, people. Stop stop with that the Supreme Court of the United States is going to overturn the election because of widespread fraud. I touched on this in the last podcast. I'm going to say it and say it until I'm blue in the face. Okay. Joe Biden is the president of the United, president-elect of the United States. And come January 20th, he will be inaugurated as the 46th president of the United States. The Supreme Court of the United States will not hear the cases brought before them by politicians regarding the elections in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, or Michigan. It's been shot down at the federal appellate court level in Michigan. The Supreme Court of the United States of America has already shot down a a case brought before them regarding the election results of Pennsylvania's 20 electoral college votes. Everything had to be certified by yesterday, and it has been. Joe Biden's the president, get over it. The interesting thing about that for all you Trump supporters out there, and I'm not even gonna call you Trump supporters, y'all are like trumpeters, man. You guys are followers. This guy's like David Koresh just leading you to the bonfire. Or Jim Jones leading you to the punch bowl. These were Trump appointees that told him no. They are upholding the law. Yes, was there fraud in the election? Absolutely. There's always fraud in every major election, whether at the state or federal level. But there's not enough fraud, and there's definitely not enough evidence, if any, to prove fraud on a scale that would overturn any of these state results. You're not going to convince me that 81,000 or 80,001 people went out and cast a ballot fraudulently or had their ballot cast fraudulently in Pennsylvania, which is what it would take for Donald Trump to have won Pennsylvania. And people say, well, I don't believe that Joe Biden got 80 million million votes in this country. Absolutely he did. Absolutely he did. And he won the popular vote the same way Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by 3 million. People are tired of, a lot of people are tired of a lot of these antics and the lies. Now, that being said, Donald Trump's not the reason that this virus went out of control. This virus went out of control because when he tried to do something at first, he was called a racist. He was actually mocked by people like Nancy Pelosi who went to Chinatown and said, well, it's not the Chinese fault. Um, hello, it originated Wuhan, China. Might have been brought back here by an American, but at that time, LAX and the major airports there in California were still open to travel from Beijing or Shanghai or wherever else in China, Hong Kong. So they could have brought the virus back with them just as easily. It's actually more likely because... If you look at the amount of Americans that travel to China every year versus the amount of Chinese that actually travel to the United States, you'll see a huge disparity in numbers. I don't remember the exact figure, but I did look it up. But speaking of the fact that Biden's president, and speaking of the fact that lockdowns are probably imminent, and I'm going to say that probably somewhere around Valentine's Day, you're going to start to see more lockdowns. I'm going to tell you why. Joe Biden gets inaugurated, and a lot of Republicans and conservatives, especially the squeaky wheels out there, are going to get real uppity about the fact that he was elected president. You're going to see a lot of protests. You're going to see the same kind of protests from Republicans that we saw from Democrats when Donald Trump got elected. The difference is, is, these guys aren't going to be wearing pussy hats. They're probably going to be walking in the, you know, Washington D.C. with weapons to protest it. And anybody that knows, that, you know, anything about the District of Columbia can't carry weapons there. You cannot carry weapons in the District of Columbia. You're going to see it in several other state capitals, but you're going to see, you know, some, some pretty shitty behavior on on both sides of the fence. But mostly, probably from people not recognizing local laws, organizing illegally, and trying to march, claiming it's their, you know, constitutional right, which it is, your First Amendment right to peace to assemble peaceably. But what is assembling peaceably? Is it not shooting up a place, not destroying a place, not setting it on fire? Or, and while we're at it, doesn't that also encompass following local uh, ordinances and laws in order to obtain the, per- the proper permits to do that? Isn't that also peaceful? You have your right to freedom of speech. If you guys want to take the streets, fine. But don't do anything stupid. But I know you're going to, because that's just the nature of human beings, One side gets pissed off, they go burn down a city. The other side will sit there and chastise them and this and that. Until they're put in a situation that that first group felt they were in. It's subjective. It's perception. My question is, well, let me get back to this. So Biden we're going to see some of that. And then there's all of a sudden going to be a spike in coronavirus cases because while we didn't see a spike during the, you know, things that went on in Minneapolis and the things that went on in Portland and the things that went on in in Oregon and some of the, you know, protesting crap we saw go on in DC already against Donald Trump, that didn't create a surge in the virus, but this one will because this time they're going to say, "All right, people, we didn't, you know, the, the media controls the flow of information." Understand that. And the media gives information that they are paid to give. They're not giving information that's accurate, they're giving information that's paid, that, they, that have, they have been paid to give. Maybe a hint of it is true. Maybe the subject matter is in fact accurate, but the specific details are not. And they, they have not been for a very long time. Not since the early 90s when CNN started fabricating battles during Desert Storm to improve ratings. Fabricated an entire battle. I know this because a friend of mine God rest his soul, Jeff Kelly, was in the 3rd Armored Cavalry Regiment during Desert Storm and remembers the battle that was fabricated. Well, remembers seeing about it on TV and they mentioned his unit and his whole unit wasn't there. The media has not given you actual news in a very long time. And I'm talking about both sides of it. Fox News, just as bad. Fox News is just as bad. They don't like being called out on their BS either. So they'll turn on somebody real quick. But you're going to see some of these protests, and they're and I'm telling you some of them are going to turn violent. You're going to start to see integrations of the National Guard moving here and moving there. Once it gets out of control after, ooh, I don't know, we'll go with 23 to 28 days, mid-February, somewhere in there, the governors, and it's not just going to be Democrats, it's going to be Republicans too, are going to send the National Guard into localities, some and more than others. And there's going to be a statewide curfew. There's going to be statewide lockdowns. And at that point, we are going to reach kind of a a reactionary boiling point, you know? But here's my question when it comes to that. Where's the line in the sand? I see all this social media about, oh, if you come for my guns, I'm going to this. Well, hell, in a lot of ways, they've already come for your guns. At least if you're a law-abiding citizen, criminals are going to get guns no matter what. But like in the communist wealth of Virginia, you can't buy more than one per month. That is a restriction. That is an infringement upon your Second Amendment rights. But I haven't seen a revolution... I saw a peaceful march in Richmond, which is cool. But where's the line in the sand? I saw peaceful marches that were lit up with tear gas also. Those people weren't even armed. Where's the line in the sand? At what point does all of this talk become action? That's the question I have for the American people. And anybody who listens to this, and I if, if you are listening to this, I really hope you'll consider sharing it because I would like to know. And I'm talking to conservatives. I'm talking to liberals. I'm talking to uh, you know middle of the road people. Whether you're a libertarian, Tea Party, Green Party, you know I, I, I don't care if you're you know House Party, you know kid and play. I don't give a shit. Where is the line in the sand for you? At what point can the government, the entirety of the U.S. government, your state government, your local government? Infringe upon your individual liberties before you will say enough because they keep moving the goal line and you keep trying to drive down the field. Where's the line in the sand? Is it when the National Guard finally deploys to your area, but you're not really prepared for something like that? You try to leave your house and you're met with three four armed soldiers but you're not carrying a weapon on you because you were complying with the last set of infringements on your second amendment rights. I mean, where does it where does it stop? I would really like for somebody to respond to this podcast. I I would love, and especially if, you know, share it, you social media, wherever But specifically on this, because you can respond on on Anchor.com. And I'd love to hear from you. I want to know where the line in the sand is for you. I think it's different for everybody, absolutely. But I'm more specifically talking to these hardline, super conservative trumpeters that are going on about how Joe Biden is going to show up at your door and sniff your daughter and take your gun and cough on you and give you coronavirus while he's wearing a cast on whichever leg he happens to think he broke that day. I want to talk to you people. I want to hear it. Because you talk a big game. You talk a big freaking game. Anybody that knows me could ask my girl what I've been doing since these lockdowns started. And that's preparation, preparation, preparation. It's preparation for an event that I hope never comes. Because, rest assured, if it comes to a boiling point, specifically the very liberal governors, will not hesitate to deploy National Guard troops against a conservative rally. They failed to do it against their own people, and they failed to do it because they tried to say, oh, well, these guys have a legitimate complaint. And you know what? I agree. Those people did have a legitimate complaint. Burning down local businesses, I have a problem with. Burning down your neighbor's home, I have a problem with. But when it comes to Target, Walmart, Costco, Lowe's, Home Depot, I could give a shit less. Because it's just like, you know, the Boston Tea Party. People will sit there and say, oh, well, the only personal piece of property was destroyed was a lock that was replaced by the Colonials. How in the hell do you know that? Why, because some idiot claimed it? And that's got to be the the, the first uh, example of misinformation through what at the time would have been their social media, i.e. a personal claim. How can you prove that? Is there a receipt for the lock? No. They broke into a ship owned by a corporation, a major corporation at that time, East India Trading Company, I believe it was, and dumped all the tea into the, into the harbor, Boston Harbor. They exchanged fire with British troops, local British troops, some of them people born in the colonies. They exchanged gunfire with them. That was the militia they faced up against back then. That's why the Constitution was framed the way it was with the Second Amendment. All over some damn tax on some tea, Stamp Act, whatever it was. I don't remember the exact specific reason given, but my point is, Target, Walmart, Costco, Home Depot, Lowe's, you know what? They are great big corporate companies who will bend you over the barrel and stick it straight up your rectum given the opportunity just like the government. And why doesn't the government want to shut them down? i am gonna tell you why. Because the owners of these major corporations have a very powerful lobby and they give kickbacks to politicians who give them the tax breaks on things like property to build their most recent superstore. And it goes up the chain, local politicians, state politicians, federal politicians, because there are different acts uh, written and laws passed at all those levels with those municipalities to benefit these people. (coughs) So, while I was saying before, while I understand that what went on in Portland, what went on in Seattle, what went on in Minnesota, I understand why they did it. They were outraged at the basic civil rights violations that were visited upon them. I also believe That as long as they, you know, if conservatives believe that their, you know, civil rights have been violated and infringed upon, uh, that they should have the right to do the same thing. But the fact that Donald Trump lost the White House is not an infringement upon your civil rights. It's not. Wait for Joe Biden and his administration and that Congress, regardless of whether or not the runoff gives the Senate to the Republicans or the Democrats, regardless of whether that Georgia runoff does it. Wait for... Joe Biden and that Congress or your state legislature and governor if that's what you had running uh, this past election to start infringing upon your rights wait for them to cross that line in your sand don't just lash out because some guy that you voted for didn't win because that is idiotic number one Number two, it's criminal. Number three, it's un-American. I don't like it, so I'm going to lash out. And people can sit there and say, well, the Black Lives Matter people just didn't like the fact that, you know, what, that George Floyd had somebody kneel on his neck for 10 freaking minutes? Or the fact that Breonna Taylor was shot in her own apartment? Yeah, they were executing a search warrant for that address, but... She wasn't doing anything wrong, never had a criminal history, no drugs were found. She wasn't asleep the way they initially claimed it, but whatever. Or any number of the injustices visit upon you know, people of color. And Black Lives Matter is not responsible for burning these cities down. Let's make that very clear right now, too. Yes, there are there have been leaders of Black Lives Matter who have been, you know, detained or arrested, you know, jailed for like spitting on a cop. But I can tell you right now that I have spoken in a very heated manner toward a cop, and accidentally some spittle flew out and hit him, and they put me in handcuffs as as a result. And I wasn't even in the cop's face. I've had cops where I told them they were just a dirty pig, and they put me in handcuffs as a result. What was the charge? Calling them names? Civil rights violations take place all across this country on a daily basis by law enforcement agencies, and a certain group of people had just had enough, and they peacefully marched. In fact, the only injury that can be attributed to Black Lives Matter was a group of armed men who were down protesting Stone Mountain in Georgia, and one of them shot himself. He cheddar-bobbed it. Antifa, on the other hand, which Joe Biden has, has, has made the claim is not a terrorist group but more of an idea. It's good to know that they telepathically could burn those cities down. They're the ones responsible. They call themselves anti-fascist. I don't think they quite understand exactly what fascism is just like that claim by the far left you don't know what socialism is socialism is not terrible well I don't think you Antifa people know what fascism is so I'm going to break something down for you here real quick fascist Nazi Germany was a socialist nation they would have been the only successful socialist nation in the world had they not gotten greedy and started evading other countries and sparked World War II straight up that You cannot argue that point. No other socialist nation having socialism as their primary form of economic structure has ever succeeded. None, not one. There are socialist programs within other economic uh, foundations that are needed for the success. There's socialist ideas and certain socialist programs are needed in every economic uh, platform in order for that community and that nation and that to succeed it's when you go into a totally socialist ideal or a totally socialist economy as the primary basis of your economic structure that it fails and when it starts to fail people start to you know rebel. But at that point, they have nothing to rebel with because they've already given up all of their other rights because the government said they'd take care of them. Why don't we go ahead and ask any of the native tribes that were in the what we call the United States of America before you know, the settlers got here, why don't we ask any of them how well the government's taken care of them over the years? Turn in your guns. We'll take care of you. Yeah. How well has that worked? the difference between then and now and, and this is just a you know a statistical fact is that now americans refuse to turn on the gun there's 330 american 300, 330 million americans in this country of that i would estimate roughly 150 to 160 million gun owners if not more because over 400 million guns have been registered in this country. And that's not even counting the unregistered ones. That's more in our population. Hell, we may even have 200 million gun owners. Individual. Take away from that your government agencies, which might net you right around 60 million. That still leaves us with 140 million armed citizens. That's more than a two-to-one ratio against government entities, including the military, police, police, federal law enforcement, et cetera. So if the government decided they wanted to go, you know, full-on trail of tears this time, they're going to be the ones crying. But only if people are willing to stand up as one. Where's your line in the sand? When are you – where's your line in the sand for that? What does a government have to do, even if you voted for it? If you're a liberal and you voted for Joe Biden, where's your line in the sand of his administration's infringements on your rights before you start standing together with every other American? Conservatives, where is your line in the sand if you live in a state with a Republican governor who decides they're going to strip away your rights and take away your money before you will stand with your fellow American citizen who happens to be liberal to take our country back, to stop with the corporate uh, war machine? to stop with these, you know, politicians just shoveling money to their friends. Where is your line in the sand? At what point is a revolution not just necessary? Well, that's pretty much the same word. Not just your patriotic duty, but patriotic duty, but when does it become necessary for the continuation of our way of life? At what point? That's a question I want I want somebody. I wish somebody would respond and answer me. I really wish they would, but you know what? They probably won't. I'm going to share this on my social media page too. So for friends on social media and you've listened this long, please, you can answer it there. Or you can message me privately. You can message me right here on Anchor. Just remember, you can actually message me. I'd like to hear more about this from people. For those of you out there, again, cheap plug time. For those of you out there that would like to discuss your issues, your opinions, and stuff like that, uninterrupted, and then receive feedback from other people, tryanker.com. I'm here to tell you, it's one of the easy. It's probably the easiest app I found to use for something like this. It gives you all of the tools absolutely necessary, minus the cell phone and, and little microphone like I use, but it broadcasts for you after it. it's a really easy website to navigate it's a very easy cell, uh, cell phone app which is what I use to navigate to discuss any issues be it sports, politics hell, you know, deep sea diving if that's your thing or, you know, Pokemon, whatever anchor.com, just go ahead and try it it's actually it's cheaper than therapy I can tell you that much anyway final thought The reason the line in the sand question is that in 1939 Nazi Germany invaded Poland, kicking off World War II. And for two years the United States decided to stay neutral and absent and away and out of the war. Didn't want anything to do with it. As a country we decided that our line in the sand was when the Japanese, after we had been battling with them through trade embargoes and such due to their alliance with the Germans, and fascist Italy their friendships and their war with China our line in the sand was when they attacked us our line in the sand with the Taliban and with Osama bin Laden was on 9-11 now you can have your pet conspiracy theories about it I don't want to hear that crap our line in the sand was when they attacked our people where is our line in the sand when our own government is attacking us and if you believe that the 9-11 was an inside job, if your line in the sand wasn't that for our own government attacking us, then stop posting crap to social media and claiming that you're some kind of you know, warrior because all you really are is a Facebook warrior, a keyboard warrior. Unless you are literally willing to stand up physically for the Constitution, arm yourself to defend your rights granted in the amendments... then stop with that crap, because it's unnecessary, it's untrue, and quite frankly, it's just embarrassing. Anyway, I hope everybody has a great Christmas, happy holidays, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all that stuff, Uh, and I thank you for listening.